it's been a really interesting period in in the telco world over the last you know few years. It seems like things are, are getting pretty exciting, sort of across you know lots of areas of, of tech and, and telecommunications. You know, there seems to be a lot of competition, a lot of innovation. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and today we have Stephen Phillips from Sneak joining us again. How are you, Stephen? Very good, thanks, Paul. Great to have you back on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Lots going on this week. There's space news, there's uh, 5G spectrum being uh, dished out, more space news, new data centres, and sort of mobile slash space news uh and that's just on the new zealand front google's trying to have a bit of a punch up with uh open ai with their google bard uh chat gpt they've got their flexi folding phone out so lots we can lots we can delve into just trying to think what what we should start with well first of course we should start with thanking our uh, our show partners so a uh, big thank you to one NZ, two degrees, Spark NZ, HP, and Gorilla Technology for supporting the New Zealand Tech Podcast and all the support that they provide for the broader uh, tech and innovation uh, ecosystems here in New Zealand. First up, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this extra spectrum um, that we've we've kind of been waiting for, but and uh, the government have uh, moved ahead and they have uh, reached an agreement with the uh, with the telcos that we mentioned uh, previously with with spark two degrees and and one uh, NZ and um, basically that's going to help facilitate sort of faster rollout of of 5g around the country um, they're allocating the uh, 3.5 gigahertz uh, spectrum now. Which you know, I guess where it where it sits between you know some of the other bands means it, it gives you a bit of a balance in terms of its ability to penetrate buildings and you know cover a broad area and deliver some pretty good performance. So yeah. it should should be good all round, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should. Uh, the fill in for especially some of the you know the more rural towns that have got more hills and, and the likes mm. uh, peaks and troughs. Um, it's really good for tactically getting into those sort of areas um, as opposed to flat plains. Yeah, and look, it's been a really interesting period in in the telco world over the last you know few years. It's, it seem seems like things are, are getting pretty exciting, sort of across you know lots of areas of of tech and and telecommunications. You know, there seems to be a lot of competition, a lot of innovation, and having this spectrum becoming available. Um, mm. Just adds to, I guess, what we can do locally with you know more happening in this in the world of sort of satellite communications. Uh, Starlink uh, obviously has has been uh, has been playing a role for a lot of people uh, mm. in the rural world, but uh, we will we will see uh, likely some um, twist con- continued sort of twisting of knobs, shall we say, in terms of adjusting. Prices and service offerings from from Starlink, and then we'll see other players coming into that uh, that market, you know, over the over the next little while. And you know, certainly it seems that um, Musk, with his businesses, he's 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 not afraid to to try different things out. So uh, it's it's you know, it is very very interesting, and uh, but yeah, very pleasing to see that 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 uh, three point five gigahertz spectrum is. 
is going to be available and, uh, yeah, provide some help. Yeah, we, we really will get to 100% maybe next year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, more coverage. Bring it on. Um, and then, oh, so also, and this sort of is, is um, I guess, a bit of a, a bit of a, a crossover, but uh, when was it? Just a, a week and a bit ago, uh, I was down in uh, down in uh, Christchurch with the uh, the council down there. Um, they were doing a, a a little bit of a little bit of a show and tell, I suppose, for for a few mm-hmm. uh, media folks, and um, and I was able to to tag uh, along a, as part of that. One of the places that we got to was uh, was Dawn Aerospace, um, and you know some some listeners will recall. Uh, the the episode uh, going back probably about two years with uh, Stefan uh, Powell, um, where where we talked about Dawn Aerospace and and the story, and ever since well probably even before then I was really looking forward to to seeing uh, to seeing their uh, Aurora um, suborbital space plane, and uh, I finally got to got to have hands on with the technology. Nice. Um, it's not quite big enough to uh, to jump inside of, but uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting all the same to see it. And one of the things that was uh, revealed uh, to those in attendance was that uh, Dawn Aerospace has won a, um, a pretty key contract with uh, with Link, who are the Starlink rival uh, that Two Degrees are partnering with to deliver uh, their satellite uh, connectivity. So, uh, so that, was, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks looks like um, satellite business is going to be key to um, staying relevant in the in the telecommunications sort of game. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean it, it is um, it's it is kind of amazing how some of these things we hear about them for years and years and years and and in varying forms, often you know quite under the radar until mm. you know they're they're sort of super. Uh, getting you know super real, I suppose, um, and and that's where you know where we're where we're at uh, now with mobiles being able to you know connect uh, to satellites and um, had heard a little bit of a little bit of an upfront on uh, um, on which came Monday morning, I think our time uh, there. Uh, satellite communications uh, for iPhone 14s and beyond um, is mm-hmm. uh, is is covering uh, New Zealand and Australia uh, now. So uh, that's their little nudge of uh, for those that are like, oh, ooh, do I need the uh, latest <sighs> latest iPhone? Uh, so Stephen, there's a there's a there's another reason uh, yeah. for for you to consider. I know we've been talking about that uh, so, recently. So my 13 doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> oh, no, no. Can, I might I might hold out for the 15. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there, there's a there's a whole lot uh, whole lot of good stuff. Going on there, great to you know hear hear that uh, news from Dawn Aerospace, and also got to uh, yeah we got to go around different parts of um, you know their their operations and and um, so on in in Christchurch, and yeah it was it was it was pretty impressive to hear about their growth. They're growing uh, by adding about one one person a week, so I think they're expecting to be. Is it somewhere between 160, uh, yeah, maybe around 160 to 
or, or more uh, people by the end of the year, maybe even 180. Um, so they're growing very quickly, sort of, you know, roughly, um, yeah, it's reasonably evenly split by the sounds of it between uh, New Zealand and, and the Netherlands. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, very, yeah, very, very cool to uh, to get to visit and to see that. Um, now, also on the on the space front, uh, we just heard about um, the latest uh, update from um, Zeno, uh, who, of course, we we had um, on on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, um, and uh, yeah, Zero Astronautics have have announced that they've now uh, surpassed seventy five million New Zealand dollars in product sales. Wow. So they are moving at a really, really fast uh, clip, and I think yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see you know how they go, um, you know once once they've got their uh, their superconducting magnet technology um, mm. up in space in in the second half of the year, uh, and uh, you know just how quickly things accelerate uh, from there. But this to me kind of sound sound sounds like. Yeah, here's, here comes a, another uh, very large, uh, very large uh, business for uh, for New Zealand uh, yeah. in the in the global space uh, sector. So really yeah. exciting. Yeah, well, their tech really changes the economics of um, of satellites. It's probably akin to you know the move from um, sort of ice vehicles to electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change, it changes the game. It seems like a, a a real a real game changer, and and of course, you know, you've got to have innovation in all sorts of places for, I guess, mm. the the future to arrive. And you know, as we've seen, sort of, you know, Rocket Lab and 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 others with you know lower cost um, opportunities to to get into space. Um, you know, you, the economics have to. You know, keep improving in all those areas yeah. for it to really sort of stack up well, uh, and uh, yeah, I think um, uh, Zeno are are in a in a very strong uh, position as the as the oh. sector uh, grows. So yeah, really, really, uh, really pleasing to uh, to see, and uh, we'll we'll certainly look forward to um, you know continuing to to watch their story. Uh, now. More on the data center uh, front, you know, we've heard recently about, um, you know, Spark, uh, you know, growing their investment in New Zealand on that front. Of course, we've got the hyperscale, um, you know, data data centers. We've got uh, a very recent announcement uh, from uh, AWS in terms of, um, you yeah, buying a, a lot of uh, renewable uh, energy that they're going to be, you know, tapping into uh, directly rather than it going into the into the national grid, which is, yeah, that sort of sparks could spark a whole deep uh, discussion around yeah. around how that that plays out. But it certainly, uh, you know, to me that the, that type of deal, uh, you know, can can change the economics behind, uh, you know, in investments in in renewable and uh, you know wind and, and and solar and so on. Um, when these sort of deals are, uh, are happening, um, but yeah, next uh, next DC uh, seems to uh, seems to be the next uh, cab off the rank, as it as it were, in terms of um, mo- moving forward uh, with their first uh, New Zealand facility. And there there's you know, a couple of uh, write ups there with um, Herald and 
uh, and reseller news, sort of you know covering some of the some of the thoughts on that. And uh, yeah, looks as though they've uh, they've acquired a, a reasonable chunk of real estate in the Auckland uh, CBD. So you can never have too many clouds. <laughs> well, it's it's something that yeah, obviously there's there's going to be a, a growing, you know, continuously growing demand for, you know, for quite some time uh, to come. And it's, it is, it's sort of mind blowing the, you know, the activity that we're getting on that front, compared mm-hmm. to if we were to, you know, jump back, say five years, there were bits and pieces uh, yeah. happening. But now it just, you know, it's an explosion and, and absolutely massive investment. So I think, yeah, very, very, very encouraging for, uh, for where, where things are heading for New Zealand. Yeah, because, you know, the last generation of data centres, you know, Datacom and Spark put in, you know, mm. they're going back nearly sort of a decade and all now. Mm, and, mm. Uh, you know, how you design data centres for the scale that uh, the big cloud providers it's looking is very different. So it's about time for another generation of data centres. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, no, very, very, uh, very en- encouraging. Um, and uh, two degrees have um, have shared some extra uh, information around their uh, their partnership with um, with Link, who are you know putting up their uh, low Earth orbit uh, satellites, which along al- alongside the varying other ones like Starlink that are uh, that are going up, and that's how uh, two degrees are um, expecting to also. Uh, provide 100, percent you know, coverage across uh, across New Zealand um, with their you know satellite to to phone uh, connectivity. Uh, what they've said is that they're expecting to be in a position uh, to do their first uh, testing of this um, in June. So that's that's all. It's all kind of moving it moving ahead quite uh, quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, Mark likes sometimes first mover advantage, but uh, I think you'll settle with uh, second mover advantage in this time. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, you know they're 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 trying to be ahead of uh, Starlink, so we will see. And and then, yeah. but I guess then you've got Apple in there, so it's kind of you know like um, yeah, yeah. There's 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 so much uh, so much going on when it comes to uh, you know satellite to to mobile uh, connectivity, isn't there? Um, and yeah. we will no doubt. Hear a uh, a formal announcement uh, from from Spark um, at some stage in the not too distant future. Uh, they've certainly you know indicated that uh, how we put it, they're playing in this space. Um, so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, really really encouraging. A lot of uh, a lot of exciting things uh, going going on now. We we would be remiss not to uh, talk a little bit about uh, Google. This week, because they have been uh, well, they've they've had their annual Google I/O uh, conference, and mm-hmm. you know, there, there's there's always uh, a good a good chunk of announcements at at I/O, although it does sort of vary from year to year in terms of yeah you know, whether they're a little bit ho hum or or whether there's uh, you know really exciting things things happening. Um, I would I would say this year they're a bit more on the on the exciting uh, front, uh, so uh, you can now well not much use for us in New Zealand, but if you're in certain other markets, um, you will have the opportunity to buy a, a folding phone uh, from Google, 
so that, yeah. that's kind of cool. And and of course, you will be able to source them in in New Zealand. But uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen any anything official from uh, from Google that they'd actually be formally uh, formally launching in the New Zealand market. Why do you think we're uh, are we just not big enough as a country? Do you think? I think, think small, there is too a, small a market. I think there's a rounding error problem. <laughs> <laughs> so the Pixel Fold, um, it does it does look it does look very cool. It's actually it's curious to me. I was looking back on the first uh, foldable uh, phone, which was the Flex Pi, uh, and I shared it to my uh, Instagram at CES. Maybe it was 20, 2019, uh, I think. Yep. Yeah, we're now what well, over over four years on from from that point, and it's become a very you know mainstream technology. The Flex Pi didn't seem to get uh, uh, to to do very well, but uh, but certainly the the, the big players yeah. are there, except noticeably Apple. What's your What's your pick? Is Apple uh, Is Apple going to be offering a a folding phone? Is it a short time or a long time away? Because there's an interesting aspect from the perspective. There's you know there's definitely a demand. People people like mm-hmm. these phones. They're very pricey. So there's a there's a big premium you pay for the capability. And you know we we tend to see Apple playing in that higher end uh, area. You know most most of the time. It's just is the is the technology sort of good enough and mature enough? Still seem to be at risk from a dust. Dust incursion perspective, so yeah, some challenges. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll probably cannibalise the iPad uh, entry point of the iPad market for them. So, well, I I don't think they'll go there. I think if anything, they're heading heading back towards you know with the um, with the mini. Um, they're starting to tout the the benefits of the mini that you can reach all parts of the screen and. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll go there. Well, I guess we'll wait and see how it uh, how it plays out. Probably the the you know the big one for many from Google I/O uh, would be Google Bard, uh, and that's available right now. Bard.google.com if you want to take a look. And and this is really, really Google saying, "Hey, we're we're here when it comes to uh, uh, you know generative AI uh, type capability." Very much a, a you know. Head-on attack on on ChatGPT and what uh, Microsoft uh, is doing with their uh, mm. their Bing Chat as well looks pretty interesting. I think you know we're we're going to see, I think, continue competition in this space. But we're going to see these these iterations happen where you know the the visual side you know generating uh, graphics and they've they've you know announced a partnership there. Uh, with with Adobe and then the the automation of of apps and tying everything together, so you know you you can give your software a bit of instruction and it it goes away and and does a lot of a lot for you. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play with um, Bard yet, but um, yeah, I, I think Google's hand was forced to a degree. They kind of ha- had to bring something to the market because. Uh, all of the commercial sort of um, arrangements otherwise would have already been reached. So, uh, but I, I think they did it sort of um, probably earlier than they wanted to. Uh, I suspect it was because they were putting more checks and balances around basically uh, their, their offering than uh, what, what people were saying of the alternative. 
I think, yeah, there's often a benefit in competition, isn't there, in, yeah. in the world of tech and in, in lots of other areas too. And look, from what I've seen of Bard so far, it compares reasonably well with ChatGPT. They definitely have their own um, kinks and, and uniques and and so on, but I imagine they're going to uh, iterate on it reasonably, reasonably quickly. How the, how it plays out, though, you know, for those that are that are trying to decide which direction is it going to go? Is it is it going to go more in an open AI direction, more in a Google uh, direction? What's going to happen to you know the overall success of say, Google or Alphabet versus versus Microsoft? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that's that's pretty pretty hard to pick uh, at at the moment. Yeah. I think Microsoft has has a you know a unique in that their you know, productivity software is so heavily used. You know, such a a large market share compared to what what Google uh, have that there's a there's a you know a pretty big upside for them from a oh, financial perspective right being able to add it to uh, add ai you know basically to all the tools that that are you know used by the majority of organizations today uh, that's going to bring a, a fairly large uptick now i'm sure there'll be other other options um, other than what they bring to market depending on how they how they price it and so on uh, but having having that option as another thing that they can add on and uh, squeeze a little bit more um, or a lot more, uh, you know, revenue out of out of businesses uh, yeah. is is potentially gonna gonna make a massive uh, difference to their revenues over the next uh, decade. Kind of quite quite scary, you know, the potential you know scale of of that. And I I guess the question is. How much can the market bear when you bring a tool that that's so powerful? Yeah. Uh, if you can double the productivity of you know of a bunch of workloads, which of course there are certain things where you, you you're a lot more than double a workload, um, but other areas where where really you can't help too much at all. Yeah. Um, but if you bring that that sort of level, what what can you charge for it? And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a little bit worrying to think of uh, <laughs> how much Microsoft could charge for for yeah. some of these capabilities. Yeah, yeah, I, I struggle sometimes just with typos. I wonder what an AIO is going going to sort of. You know, you're writing a business contract, and, uh, and and it gets the context or sentiment slightly wrong. Uh, oh dear! If, if you don't proofread it, uh, yeah. Well, I think we, we, we're going to need to have a lot more layers, aren't we? I mean, yeah. at the moment, we, we, we're seeing this kind of, you know, what's coming out of, of ChatGPT and, and BARD uh, doesn't seem to go through the layers of verification. That I mean, you can go back after it generates something and say, hey, can you check? Is this accurate? You made any yeah. mistakes? And... Yeah, more more often than yeah. than not, depending on what you, what your uh, you know what sort of prompt you've you've put in, yeah. uh, you're likely to to have the AI coming back, yeah. cap in hand, and uh, apologising for making a, a a hash of what you gave it to do. So yeah, it, uh, does it make good decisions from a legal precedence uh, perspective and the likes? Uh, I think that's an angle we're going to have to have to look at, uh, or, or does it just sound right? 
Well, and and certainly, you know, we've 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 seen those sort of you know hallucination type things. And I saw um, an example from um, a friend of mine. He's a journalist for uh, for Tom's Hardware in in the states. Yep. Actually, and if you and if you're kind of um, looking looking for um, yeah, some of the some of the you know the most interesting and um, uh, relevant you know coverage on what what AI is doing from a journalist's perspective, and and someone who, um, yeah, I think is you know is is genuinely um, you know genuinely you know concerned maybe with how how uh, enthusiastic people like me can be around the technology. Um, look him up. His name is uh, Avram Pilch. Uh, Geek in Chief uh, is his Twitter handle, um, and yeah, quite interesting to to follow uh, some of his his little commentaries. I mean, there there is there are so many people uh, talking about AI yeah. uh, on on Twitter at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, Avram's um, you know he doesn't have a massive following on on Twitter. Um, you know, like some folks who are who are really kind of you know shouting their messages, but he's bringing probably a different perspective than than what we're seeing through a lot of those bigger uh, bigger voices. And uh, yeah, his most his most recent uh, tweet, eighteen minutes ago, um, he's asked he's asked the question: What is the best laptop for productivity and battery life? Uh, and this is on Bard, and it comes back with some, you know, with some responses. And then he's asked, "What's the source of this information?" Uh, back to back to Bard, um, and uh, the response doesn't provide any links. It just provides, "Oh, it came from Laptop Mag, PC Mag, Tom's Guide, CNET, uh, etc." <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's definitely some uh, some challenges and shortcomings, especially when this technology is is relying, you know, on on content that humans have spent an incredible amount of time, you know, uh, researching and and creating and putting it out there. Uh, and we've seen recently some uh, some discussion around or some research being done around yeah you know, copywriting. AI-generated content, and that seems to be creating some uh, some challenges because I think certainly in the US, the US Copyright Office is not uh, doesn't seem particularly comfortable to allow you to assign copyright to something that's been generated by an AI. Uh, I wonder why. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's certainly some uh, experimenting going on in some of the mainstream media companies in New Zealand, and you know they, they have to look at these types of avenues because with Ad revenues and all under pressure. Mm. Uh, they're, they're looking at how can you be more efficient. Well, um, one of our podcasters, um, Darcy, who does the NZ Everyday Investor, mm. uh, he started putting out uh, some AI uh, episodes. So uh, that one's worth, worth uh, looking at if you want to get a handle on the the way um, that AI can can be utilised in terms of uh, content. Uh, creation and it's got you know um, it's got Darcy on there, but there's also uh, I guess his his supporting uh, contributors are uh, our AIs on the on these particular um, episodes, which are um, uh, like an AMA, Ask Me Anything episodes, but they're uh, AI MA. Uh, nice. <laughs> how he's uh, how he's played that. So 
um, yeah, that's that's another you know um, you know a taste of of use of the technology. So um, yeah, lots uh, lots and lots uh, really going going on in in this area at the moment. And um, actually, I think um, one area I was looking into is the uh, generative um, art that we're that we're seeing through the likes of Midjourney and and you know a range of other. Uh, range of other tools, and that's been one of those areas people have been wondering about copyright as well. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, Adobe are, I don't know if leading the way is the right way to put it, but uh, you you are able to use their uh, stock library to access AI-generated content. So that means, I guess, that individuals are able to create uh, using AI tools and then submit them uh, to their their catalog uh, of images, which I think yeah potentially does create some uh, some major challenges when it comes to when it comes to copyright considerations. So I'm I'm not sure how how that will actually play out, but I I imagine they've at least asked the AI what the what the risks are uh, from a legal perspective of the manoeuvres that they're uh, they're making. Yeah, same sort of things happening really in music as well, like AI generated music, and you know, Ed Sheeran won his his case this last week. Um, you know, you, you can't sort of copyright a chord progression, but uh, I, I think we're going to get a lot of testing going on in all of these spaces in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yes, uh, I mean, really, yeah, really, any, anywhere where where you know, creativity uh, is involved, I think. There are going to be, um, yeah, there are going to be people uh, experimenting and and seeing uh, what the role of of AI is, and uh, it's yes, it's interest interesting times ahead. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really you know I am really curious for uh, how things evolve. I look at um, a friend of mine who who's a photographer. And how his world has, you know, got really massively disrupted over the past, um, you know, couple of decades. I, you know, I suppose where a, um, you know, a good photo that he that he might have taken uh, on on film before things really had fully moved across to uh, to, to digital. Um, but even in the earlier days of of high end uh, digital uh, cameras, uh, yeah, stock photo libraries might. Might charge, say, a magazine five thousand US dollars to you know to use an image that he had submitted, uh, and uh, maybe put that on the cover of their magazine. You know, now you can you can source an image for for very very cheap yeah. to uh, you know yeah. to use for all sorts of usage and and uh, yeah yeah I mean very very commonly it's uh, yeah sub five dollars US to. Yeah. Uh, to get access to what might have been ten, a hundred, or a thousand times uh, as much in, in years gone by, so there there are there are definitely big changes afoot, and uh, you know I think it is important that that we keep a watch on the space. We put on our futurist hats, and we're looking forward, and uh, you know doing doing the best we can in in the areas where we where we sit uh, to uh, to figure out what things could look like and. Maybe be a part of creating that that next phase. So I think you know a lot of opportunities here for for New Zealanders who uh, are willing to maybe you know think outside the box a little bit and and come up with with some new ideas to use this tech. 
Um, we didn't really talk about uh, sneak so far, Stephen. Um, so oh. you, yeah, which is you know, it's what what you do. Um, maybe you can just give a you know a little overview for those who are. Uh, Involved particularly in the world of, of software development, uh, where where Sneak fits into the picture because it is an awesome uh, piece of technology. Yeah, so, so we're primarily working with uh, software development, uh, software engineering sort of uh, houses to help them uh, create secure code uh, without slowing down. This is the key thing, and uh, yeah, we're. Just this last week, uh, we we announced uh, that we're using AI. Well, we're actually using supervised machine learning because uh, I don't think sort of general AI is here just yet. But uh, we're using that to make sure that um, how you solve security vulnerability problems uh, that, that developers introduce all of the time um, is a lot easier for the developer. Uh, so we curate um, a, a number of different answers or solutions to the problems that we see in developers' code um, and just make it easier for them to do that. Because uh, typically, you know, when you're writing code or you're using someone else's library, um, that that's now actually how breaches are occurring about 65% of the time. Uh, people are getting into insecure code through the coding uh, errors that are being made basically at a, at, at a, a developer level. So that, that's really what we do. We um, go out and talk to uh, development houses and, um, and uh, in-house sort of uh, development shops and help help them to build things uh, more securely. So so the data doesn't go elsewhere. Yeah. And what sort of what sort of size teams are uh, are using Sneak? Is it sort of relevant for for you know since they're doing software development as as well as our yeah. you know our our big players. Yeah, so you know, from from organisations, you know, with uh, a single developer, you know, developing sort of you know a side project on the home uh, from home, um, absolutely free, sort of for that sort of level, um, right through to you know organisations in New Zealand with thousands of developers, and uh, doing doing it at scale is obviously um, quite quite complex. Um, and there's a whole lot of compliance obligations that um, as businesses start selling their software out to the world and offering services out to the world, uh, there's a number of different sort of uh, levels that they need to achieve in terms of compliance. And we specialise in helping them to uh, achieve those types of attestations. So, yeah, right right across the board. Um, the key to it is actually not changing the way uh, a developer's workflow works. Mm. You've got to work with developers and have a solution that works for developers, not for security people. Because security tools are pretty much uh, usually just roadblocks that uh, stop uh, the productivity and the value of software from actually being released. Yeah, no, I really, really like the the approach of Sneak. So um, thanks, thanks for that insight. Um, now there were a couple of other um, subjects that we were hoping to get into, but we've we've run out of time. A little bit, um, and I'll mention I'll mention for uh, listeners that want a little bit look a little bit further. Um, Peloton uh, recalling two million uh, bikes due to uh, injury uh, risk, which is uh, concerning. They've been they've been having some uh, challenges. 
Um, there's been news of uh, a lot of phones coming pre-infected with malware, and this is sort of the more budget end of uh, yeah, yeah. Android phones, watches, devices. Tablets, yeah, the yeah, whole, yeah, whole a whole lot. range of, of yeah. devices. You're right. Yeah. Um, yep. So you know, be be cautious of those uh, you know those devices uh, that aren't from a, you know a big well-known uh, brand that you. You know, might be willing to trust if it's if it's uh, a brand you've you've never heard of, then uh, your risk is is probably going to uh, be increased there. Um, and uh, we've also heard of Google Chrome um, ditching the uh, the padlock for um, uh, padlock icon. Yeah, uh, yeah, tune tune icon. Um, and there's been a bit of media coverage around Timu, the shopping app, uh, which is is launched in New Zealand. I see the Herald with with a story uh, there. Uh, it seems to be that they're they're pushing it very very hard, uh, and there are you know concerns whether this is a trustworthy uh, organisation to be uh, giving your data to and uh, and spending money with, but they. Uh, the ads I've seen are offering things at you know maybe one tenth or or less of of the normal price in some cases, or that's what it what it reads. Uh, I have come across people that have ordered and received things off uh, Timu, but you might want to do a little bit of a little bit of background reading on them if you're thinking of signing up to to buy uh, things from them. So uh, yeah. I did exactly that a couple of days ago. And, okay. And <laughs> yeah, haven't haven't gone with Timu because I hadn't hadn't done the research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us uh, this week on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, we'll be back again uh, next week. Big thank you, of course, to our show partners: Gorilla Technology, HP, Spark NZ, Two Degrees, and One NZ. Uh, so we'll catch you then, everyone, and. Uh, Thanks again for uh, joining the show this week, Stephen Phillips. Thanks, Paul. Cheers. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.